and welcome to episode 83 of Glitch Report. My name is Nitwit. Thank you so much for stopping by, saying hi, kicking it with me today on the stream, the stream of dreams, the show of shows and everything in between. Um, we got, we got a lot of bad news today. I feel like I deliver a lot of bad news every week, but uh, this week is, uh, this week is a real, real shit show of, of news. I want to, before we dive into the news, I just want to can kind of contextualize a couple of things here um, around the game industry layoffs, right? We, we started hearing more about the, um, the video game industry layoffs uh, starting last year, right? Last year we saw around, uh, if we take a look at the numbers here, uh, an estimated of about 10,500 people were laid off. Now that's not across all tech sectors. So you saw huge amount of people getting laid off at places like Facebook, places like Microsoft. Um, but when we look at the, this, these numbers that I'm looking at here are primarily pulling from um, just game industry, whether that be publisher or developer, mobile or VR, console, whatever, right? But it actually goes back a, a little bit you know, further than that. Um, in 2022, we also saw um, a significant, uh, you'd be surprised considering how little it maybe got talked about to the same degree. Uh, but we saw almost uh, 9,000 uh, estimated uh, layoffs in the game industry uh, in 2022. 8,500 estimated last year, 2023, saw about uh, 10,500. And it is only March. I'm, I'm saying March because it is. February 29th is the time of this recording. It is only March and the estimated total in 2024 is 7,800, 7,800 estimated job losses and in, in the game industry this year. You know, I'm thinking, well, why, why are we kind of opening? Why are we kind of talking about that? Because that's what a huge amount of the news is this week. PlayStation laying off around 900 staff EA electronic arts, laying off 5% of its staff until Dawn studio, Supermassive, laying off 90 employees. Life is strange sequel director. Uh, sorry, like life is strange sequel studio deck nine, uh, deck nine also made the, um, uh, that adventure game, the telltales, uh, whatever the game will, will, We'll get back to the, we'll figure out what that game is by the time we get to the news story. But um, yeah, like a cute, like from the biggest of the biggest, right? We're talking companies that seem too big to fail, right? We, we, we look at PlayStation, we think, ah, you know, they're, they're, they're the number one hottest selling game console out there right now, destroying Microsoft in the sales department. Uh, when it comes to hardware, what is, um, what is their problem? Right? Um, and what I would like to do is, um, is, is pull up a, uh, pull up a, a definition here for a moment. People talk like this is the 1983 video game crash, a crash that I was not al alive for at the time, but, um, nonetheless, I think I would like to try to tackle this here on the show. So 1983 video game crash happens. They had to bury all those shitty uh you know uh et games out in the in the desert somewhere atari kind of dies 
And then it takes about two-ish years for Nintendo to put out the NES. So we had like a two-year dark period, right? Now you might be thinking, well, Nitwit, you just said that, you know, people are beginning laid off in the game industry and in mass layoffs since 2022. Does that mean that we are out of that period? Not by not by a long stretch, not by a long stretch. I, I, I truly believe that there are more layoffs to to happen. They're not slowing down anytime soon. So if you are thinking, well, you know, if it took only two years for something like the NES to come out and, you know, kind of turn things around, well, maybe, maybe it'll happen by the time, you know, the PlayStation 6 is out or the, the Switch 2 is out or whatever the case may be. And I don't know if that's necessarily going to uh, make a difference, partially because um, two out of the three major console manufacturers are currently laying off people. I'm talking Microsoft and Sony. Nintendo, as of right now, hasn't, but it also seems like Nintendo has delayed the release of the Nintendo Switch 2 to 2025, and probably in part because their development is not going great either because they don't have games ready for the console that they were planning on putting out this year. And I'm assuming they had roped in other developers into this too. I'm sure they had Ubisoft on the hook for a game or two for the Switch 2. I'm sure they had um, you know, Activision on the hook, EA, 2K, whatever, you name it, right? Warner Brothers probably were on the hook for a game or two, whether they were updating old games or putting out new games, right? But I want to go back to the definition of the word decimate. Um, in historical context, it means to kill one in every 10, um, such as a, a group of soldiers, um, as a punishment for the whole group. That is the definition of the word decimate. And I use that word because I think that is closer to what's currently happening in the game industry than a crash, right? You know, 5% at, um, at EA, right? 900 at, uh, at PlayStation. We're going to dive deeper into those news stories in a moment. But what we're seeing is a world where the AAA, the biggest of the big game industry companies are being decimated literally like literally like i'm not like going to push the glasses up any further onto my face and say oh well you're seeing you know it's like one in ten or five percent or whatever what i'm saying is like you know the some of the biggest studios have not shut down the only exception to that being embracer group and we're going to talk embracer group later on in the show don't you worry right but as of right now it's not like sony has shut down any uh studios that i'm aware of um, they've shut down games. They've, they've, they've shut down games. Oh, you know what they did? Oh, well, they did actually close a, a correction. Uh, PlayStation did, uh, shut down its London studio. So there is that, but, um, what I think we're seeing right now is a world where the AAA, uh, gaming market has become so unsustainable. Budgets have gotten so big that even a company like Insomniac, who made one of the biggest games last year, Spider-Man 2, sold millions and millions and zillions of copies. They got gutted by their, by their parent company, Sony PlayStation, right? And that goes back to what Phil Spencer has been saying for the last few years, that AAA game development is not sustainable. Nobody wanted to listen to him. And obviously, Microsoft has had its own fair share of issues with you know, AAA game development, a lot of their big budget AAA games not hitting the way that they need to. 
but they have tried at least more so than Sony to have kind of out of left field games, you know, like a, like a Peniment, which did not have a big budget, like a Hi-Fi Rush that did not have a big budget. And now even those games can only be sustained by being sold on, you know, the competitor, their competitors platforms in the case, you know, Peniment and uh, Hi-Fi Rush appearing on PlayStation. I'm not saying that like PlayStation is in the worst position of, you know, the big three, Sony, uh, Microsoft and Nintendo, but they got to have more than just putting out their games on PC at full price. Two years later, they need more than just hell divers Two being one of the surprise hits of the year. So let's, let's, let's talk Sony. Let's, let's talk Sony. Sony PlayStation is cutting around 900 staff worldwide, around 8% of its workforce. Um, PlayStation Studio boss Herman Hulse has commented on the news since it came out saying uh, that the platform holder is, quote, reevaluating how we operate and that the layoffs have also resulted in the cancellation of unnamed game projects. Um... You know, Jim Ryan really setting the place on fire and and walking out all in the all in the same month from the looks of things. You know, CEO Jim Ryan is set to step uh, step down next month, uh, but is letting go 900 people saying it was an extremely hard decision to make. Um, and including the closure of the entire PlayStation London studio. So Jim Ryan put out a statement. Let's read what our good buddy Jim had to say. He said, quote, these are incredibly talented people who have been part of our success, and we are very grateful for their contributions. However, the industry has changed immensely, and we need to future ready ourselves to set the business up for what lies ahead. We need to deliver on expectations from developers and gamers and continue to propel future technology and gaming. So we took a step back to ensure we are set up to continue bringing the best gaming experiences to the community. There was a separate statement from SIE, which also confirmed that Insomniac Games, Naughty Dog, Gorilla, and PlayStation's technology, creative, and support teams will be, quote, impacted by a reduction in workforce. Jim Ryan has shared a company-wide email that was sent to the staff today explaining the plan in more detail. The email states that, quote, there will be a headcount reduction of about 900 people or about 8% of our current workforce. The layoffs will impact employees across all Sony Interactive Entertainment regions. Several PlayStation Studios will be affected. Uh, U.S. employees affected by the layoffs will be told today, while in the U.K. it has been proposed that, quote, PlayStation London Studio will close its entirety, uh, Fire Sprite Studios will see reductions, and there will be reductions in various functions across SIE in the U.K. It was announced in 2022 that Sony's London studio was working on a, quote, online co-op combat game set in a fantasy London. The status of the game is now unclear. Uh, Ryan's email reads, for those who will be leaving, you are leaving this company with our deepest respect and appreciation for all your efforts during your tenure. For those who will be staying at SIE, we'll be saying goodbye to our friends and colleagues that we cherish during this process, and this will be painful. 
Your resilience, sensitivity, and adaptiveness will be critical in the weeks and months to come. This will not be easy, and I'm aware of the impact it'll be, uh, it will have on well-being. Affected employees will receive support, including severance benefits. While, those, uh, while these are challenging times, it is not indicative of a lack of strength of our company, our brand, or our industry. Our goal is to remain agile and adaptable and continue to focus on delivering the best gaming experiences possible now and in the future. Uh, the company had already made a series of layoffs last year. A hundred staff at Bungie, dozens of workers at Naughty Dog, 15 to 20% at uh, Dreams uh, and Little Big Planet Studio Media Molecule. So this is, the, this is them kind of building on uh, the, the layoffs that they've already had. I'm going to close this window for a moment and just, just let that kind of sink in what Jim Ryan had to say. And also let it sink in what we kind of talked about last week. What did we talk about last week? Well, we talked about how PlayStation uh, doesn't think they're selling enough PlayStation 5s and has actually had to reduce their forecast for games, uh, for, sorry, for uh, console sales this year. But they didn't just say that. They also said don't expect any big first party major franchise releases from Sony this year. Now we have a better idea as to why. But it's almost a cart before the horse scenario, a um, chicken and an egg scenario, if you, if you don't mind the, the mixed metaphors for a moment. And let me explain why. Okay, so what sells consoles? Games sell consoles. Oh, I want to play Spider-Man 2. How do I play Spider-Man 2? On a PlayStation 5? Well, I want to play Spider-Man 2 enough to go buy a PlayStation 5, therefore I bought a PlayStation 5. Now, people buy consoles for whatever other reasons, right? You know, um, some people are still very happy playing PlayStation 4s or Xbox Ones, or uh, maybe they're playing old games on PlayStation 5s. They haven't even, whatever the case may be, right? I'm not, I'm not here to assume one way or the other. But in the traditional sense of, of these consoles, it was the exclusive games uh, or the next gen the current generation games that sold consoles. I want to play Spider-Man 2. I have to buy a PlayStation 5. I now have a PlayStation 5 to play Spider-Man 2. Boom, done. And then six months from now, Sony will have a new game being like, oh, it's a good thing I bought a PS5 because I can only play The Last of Us Part 3 on my PlayStation 5. I'm going to go buy The Last of Us Part 3 for my PlayStation 5. So on and so forth. Okay, but what happens if uh, there's nobody around? I'm not saying nobody. Like, just hear me out. What happens if there's nobody around to make the next game to justify this PlayStation 5 uh, user's purchase? What if there's nobody around to make the game to convince these, uh, you know, late blooming PS5 purchasers to switch over to the new console? No, seriously, like what? Like you have to make the games to sell the consoles, obviously. The more consoles you sell, the more the games will sell. But if you don't think the consoles are selling enough, therefore you reduce the sales forecast of the consoles and then gut 8% of your entire workforce. So there are less people making the games for the consoles to sell the consoles that then sell the games. What the fuck are you doing? No, tell me what the fuck are you doing? Because at that point, you're not selling consoles. Not not enough, apparently. And you're going to have a lot fewer games. Now, 
here's the thing to know is that we don't talk a lot about the indie studios that are being impacted by this. Obviously, last year we talked about the absolute shit show that was um, Unity and their whole cluster, no good, very bad day, clusterfuck of shit. Um, now you might be thinking, well, nitwit, if, if, you know, Naughty Dog's not in the best position right now to make games as quickly as they would like to help PlayStation sell as many consoles as they like, well, what about indies, right? Like, what if, like, what if, you know, the smaller indie studios, um, can they kind of fill in the gaps uh, more so than they have in the past when it comes to a lack of big AAA games in development. I know I've been picking on PlayStation. I know I've been picking on PlayStation. This shit, like my, my, the analogy I just gave applies to EA, you know, they're gutting a huge amount of their studios as well. The only difference is that EA doesn't need to sell consoles in, but, but EA needs everybody to sell consoles because they're putting their consoles on pretty much everywhere. Still won't put put NHL on PC uh, or UFC on PC, which I would really appreciate. But that's that's for another day. Going back to the indies thing. Nitwit, what if these uh, indies just kind of filled in the gaps um, that uh, Insomniac would have maybe filled in with a game, you know, next year or, you know, Gorilla with a game next year or whatever the case may be. It's not triple A gaming. It's not the biggest of the biggest. It, there, there are no, with the exception of maybe Pal World and Helldivers, there aren't, and Stardew Valley, and, and I could keep rattling them off, but there are very few indie games that are going to sell 5 million plus copies uh, enough to make a, uh, a company like PlayStation happy with uh, the increase in console sales. Shareholders are not going to care because it's not the biggest of the biggest because this industry is still very much a hit driven business, right? You talk about the movie industry being a hit driven business, right? Why they split Dune into two parts. You could argue that it was to make a better movie, better represent the books, all that stuff. But also that's two movies that can maybe make a billion dollars at the box office. Oh, and on top of that, they're talking about maybe doing a third movie. A trilogy of films you don't say. Worked so great for The Hobbit. But the point is that the game industry is a very hit-driven business, and there are not a lot of indie studios that are going to be equipped to put out a game like A No Man's Sky that is a hit for an entire console manufacturer. And on top of that, if you think that there is no funding and no money to invest in studios that PlayStation owns, that Microsoft owns, that EA owns. Imagine being a, you know, 15 person studio trying to get your maybe million dollar uh, indie uh, game. Uh, when I mean a million dollars, I mean like sales wise, not the budget. Um, like, let's say you're in, you make an indie game that maybe makes a million dollars. Who's going to fund that when they when if I'm an investor, if I'm fucking Johnny Money, man. And I read the business times and I'm like, wow, seems like the game industry isn't doing so hot. I'd love to put my money somewhere, but I'm not going to put it into video games because it seems like even the biggest of the big dogs can't fucking figure it out. Why would I go invest in an indie company? 
So that's one of the reasons why indie games are not going to be in a position as of right now to fill in the gaps that uh, would be left by Gorilla and Insomniac and, and, and EA and all of that stuff. So that's why I say this industry is getting decimated. There are still going to be games coming out. There will still be AAA games coming out. But they're going to be fewer and, and, uh, fewer and farther in between. 100% fewer and farther in between. And I don't know if PlayStation's in a great position to weather this storm the same way that uh, Microsoft is, um, the same way Nintendo is. Though Nintendo is in a fucked up situation where they're going to try to sell people a new console in a, in a world where people are unsure about the big AAA gaming in general. Nintendo is unique. They're the Disney of gaming, but still, it's a tough sell, and I get it. So you might be thinking, well, okay, so they cut, you know, just PlayStation cut 900 staff. What are we, what are we missing? Uh, Sony reportedly canceled a Twisted Metal live service game as part of the layoffs that was in development at UK-based studio Firesprite. So no Twisted Metal game, but on top of that, if you were looking forward to a Twisted Metal game, what you were going to get was a live service game. So for fans of Suicide Squad, way to go. What if instead of playing as King Shark, you played as Sweet Tooth? Oh, that doesn't sound that appealing. Well, it's a good thing it's not going to come out, I guess. But also, that's where Sony was at. Like, people are like, you know, pounding on the doors. There are people rioting in the streets being like, give us a new Twisted Metal. You made the TV show. How come there's no new game? And what they were planning on making was an online live service game and not the traditional twisted metal that you have known and loved for years on end. Also, I'm not trying to be a fucking dick. I'm not trying to be a game dick or anything like that. But if you played twisted metal recently, it maybe doesn't hold up. And even that PlayStation three game, when it came out, uh, was a pretty dated thing even upon release. So I don't know if 10, 15 years later, bringing twisted metal back again, 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 as a live service game with battle passes and, and loot boxes and dailies and weeklies and, and season passes and all this shit. And that was going to make a difference, especially if the idea of driving cars with guns as first of all, I love twisted metal in theory. I love twisted metal. Put a gun on a car, put, put a, put a rocket, put a flamethrower, put a shotgun, put a rocket launcher on a car and have it fuck up other cars, that sounds fantastic. The problem is controlling a car with cardinal directions, get it, cardinal directions, and trying to line up shots, it doesn't work. That's why, if you ever wondered why the Batmobile um, drives more like a hover tank in uh, Batman Arkham uh, uh, Knight, it's because they knew that trying to do hairpin 90 degree turns and shit with a car and then line up the guns sucks. So there's like, fuck it. You can move in 360 and it can shoot in any direction. Therefore, you don't have to worry about lining up your shots, which would ultimately defeat the purpose of, yo, we took this hot rod and put a machine gun on it in the case of Twisted Metal, which means that honestly, if someone can figure out a way to make Twisted Metal make sense in the year 2024, more power to them, but a live service game was probably not going to be received super well. And that's on top of the problem of can they solve the issue of how Twisted Metal controls in uh, modern times? That's not all. Horizon Studio Gorilla is reportedly cutting 
10% of its workforce, about 40%, uh, sorry, about uh, 40 staff of the studio are being laid off as part of the cuts. Um, and then finally, Neil Druckmann, that is the Last of Us director, says he doesn't think he has any more big games left in him. Uh, the Naughty Dog boss says everything has been incredibly stressful since Uncharted 2's release. Uncharted 2! The man has been stressing since Uncharted 2. Now, I'm not going to get into, into, you know, defending Neil Druckmann one way or the other. Um, there is a... Don't look, don't look into it. Don't... Just take my word for it. Take my word for it. There are people online, video game fans online, that fucking hate Neil Druckmann. They hate Neil Druckmann and they hate The Last of Us Part 2. Don't, don't look up why. Don't do it. Just take my word for it. Um, and I can imagine a scenario where a guy like Neil Druckmann has been dealing with the crushing weight of AAA game development and on top of that managed to kick the hornet's nest by simply making a sequel to The Last of Us. They got him a bunch of hate online. I could see a scenario where he is like, you know what? If Sony wants smaller, you know, uh, smaller games developed in a, a quicker period of time, I might be the guy to help them do that because God, I want something that is uh, that flies under the radar as far as, you know, big, uh, a big company like Sony is concerned so that I can make my art and my games in peace without being harassed by motherfuckers and dealing with the stress of like, Oh my God, this game needs to now sell 10 million copies because we're $200 million over budget. Well, that kind of does it for uh, Sony PlayStation. We're off to a great start, aren't we? Let's talk EA. So Electronic Arts is laying off 5% of its workforces, uh, excuse me, its workforce. It plans to focus more heavily on owned IP, sports, and massive online communities. So Madden. Battlefield, well, actually, we'll talk Battlefield in a moment. Madden, uh, Football Club, they don't make FIFA anymore, Football Club, um, and massive online communities, live service games. Let's see how that'll work out for them. Let's take this new story. As always, shout out to Video Games Chronicles for, uh, for the news. The company employed around... 13,400 staff as of March 2023, according to its most recent annual filing with the U.S. Sec uh, Secu uh, Sec Securities and Exchange Commission, meaning it would be cutting about 670 jobs. Andrew, CEO, and a guy who totally isn't a robot, Andrew Wilson, said in a letter to employees, quote, given how and where we are working, we are continuing to optimize our global real estate footprint to best support our business. We are also sunsetting games and moving away from development of future licensed IP as we do not believe we will be successful in our changing industry. The greater focus allows us to drive creativity, accelerate innovation, and double down on our biggest opportunities, including our owned IP, sports, and massive online communities to deliver the entertainment players want today and tomorrow. Lastly, we are streamlining our company operations to deliver deeper and more ex connected experiences for fans everywhere that build community, shape culture, and grow fandom. Wilson said of the layoffs, quote, while not every team will be impacted, this is the hardest part of these changes and we have deeply considered every option to try and limit impacts to our team. Our primary goal is to provide team members with opportunities to find new roles 
and paths to transition into other projects. Where, there, where that's not possible, we will support and work with each colleague with the utmost attention, care, and respect. Communicating these impacts has already begun and will largely be completed by early next quarter. Um, so here's what you need to know. They said they're going to move away from licensed IPs, right? No more Star Wars, except for the Star Wars they're already making, and so on and so forth. One thing to note is that an EA representative told GameIndustry.biz that the company's Black Panther and Iron Man games were still in development and had not been canceled. However, um, it was previously announced that Star Wars Jedi Studio Respawn was working on at least two more Star Wars games. It has now been confirmed that the uh, uh, Respawn uh, Star Wars game that was going to be the first person shooter set in the Star Wars universe has been canceled, meaning that the only game that Respawn is working on that is a Star Wars game now is a third Star Wars Jedi game. Um, Andy and EA president, uh, uh, EA entertainment president, Laura Miel confirmed the star Wars, uh, first person shooter cancellation, but that's not the only first person shooter cancellation. EA has closed completely Ridge line games. The studio it formed in two, uh, 2021 to work on a future, uh, battlefield single player game. Uh, to work on a narrative campaign in the Battlefield universe. Um, and uh, last week, it was confirmed that the studio's co-founder, Halo co-creator Marcus Leto, had departed the company for apparent personal reasons. Though maybe he knew that the writing was on the walls, I don't know. So, EA says one thing and then does another, right? They talk about how oh, we're going to focus on our own, you know, our own franchises. And then they cancel a Battlefield game. Maybe they don't see any money um, in, a, in a Battlefield single player game. I don't know. But what's stopping them? I'm not saying they should. That's stupid. But what is stopping them from canceling the Iron Man and Black Panther games other than they have you know, an agreement with Disney. And if anyone's going to pull the plug, it's probably Disney and not EA. That's what I would assume anyways. Um, but that is on top of EA's plans last March to lay off 6% of its workforce, a move believed to have impacted around 775 employees, 775 plus another 670. That's a lot of people, man. That's a lot of people. That is that is eleven percent of its workforce. If the, if my math is correct, where does that leave us? Well, that leaves us with Until Dawn Studio Supermassive Games, reportedly laying off ninety employees. Now keep in mind that Until Dawn, the remake of Until Dawn, um, is not being done by Supermassive Games. Supermassive Games has a bunch of games that they're working on. Who knows if they'll get canceled or not? But Supermassive Games was not actually in direct development of the Until Dawn remake that is coming to PS5 and PC. According to, uh, according to Bloomberg, which claims that the UK studio uh, has informed around 150 staff members that they are at risk of redundancy, the studio, which is owned by Nordisk Games, is compromised 
uh, sorry, compromise comprised of more than 300 staff. So of the 150, around 90 employees are going to be let go or nearly a third of its staff, a third of its staff. In a statement published on its own social media channel, Supermassive confirmed it had entered into a period of consultation as required by UK law, which would result in job losses. Quote, it's no secret that the game industry is currently facing significant challenges, and unfortunately, we aren't immune to this. After much deliberation and with deep regret, we are therefore undertaking a reorganization of Supermassive Games. As a result, we are entering into a period of consultation which we anticipate will result in the loss of some of our colleagues. Quote, this is not a decision that's been taken lightly. Drink every time you hear that in a, uh, in a you know, press, uh, press release. This is not a decision that's been taken lightly with many efforts made to avoid the outcome. Quote, we are all too aware of how unsettling and difficult this process is going to be for all of our employees and will be working closely with all those involved to ensure the process is conducted as respectfully and compassionately as possible. We are committed to focusing our efforts on our core strengths and upcoming titles to ensure the continued sustainability of the company. Earlier this month, it was announced that the co-founders of Supermassive Games, Pete and Joe Samuels, had stepped down from the company. So if we go to Supermassive Games, Supermassive Games... If you did Mystic Donkey, Mystic Donkey in the chat, everyone, the, the man, the myth, the legend... Uh, Mystic Donkey, we just ran through, uh, I don't know if you have been in the uh, chat the whole time, we just ran through um, the PlayStation layoffs, talking about the PlayStation layoffs, just ran through the PlayStation layoffs, just ran through the EA layoffs, and I read, I read, I try to read every single, um, you know, like, press release that these companies put out, like, it was a decision, it was a hard decision to make, we, regret, we greatly regret it, we're gonna miss all our friends and family and all of that shit. And it just, it drives me crazy. But I, I want to take a look. I, I pulled up the Wikipedia page for Supermassive Games. They're going to lay off 30% of its staff. They have three games in development. They have three games in development. I don't know how you can make three games, two of which are supposed to come out this year, with a 30% uh, reduction in staff. They're working on Little Nightmares 3, there, uh, which is uh, being published by uh, Bandai Namco. And of course, they're also working on the casting of Frank Stone, which is the Dead by Daylight spinoff single player game, which is being published by Behavior Interactive. Now, I'm assuming that Little Nightmares 3 is closer to um, release than the casting of Frank Stone. But how the hell can you make a game? How the hell can Oh, sorry. The other game was um, the was season two was the first game in season two of the Dark Pictures, their uh, space game. Uh, what the fuck was that space game called? Supermassive. What the hell was that space game called? Uh, the Dark Pictures Anthology Directive 8020. How the hell can you make three games in the course of, I don't know, two years with a 30% reduction in staff? I just, I just don't see it. I, I am assuming, I'm assuming, just spitballing here, that uh, one of those games is going to get seriously delayed. I suspect, if I had to guess, um, it would probably be Season 2 of Dark Pictures. I would just have to guess that that's the game that was going to get delayed, uh, most likely. Because it's kind of their original game, they owe, they owe it to 
Bandai Namco to get Little Nightmares 3 out the door. They owe it to Behavior Interactive, get the, the, the Dead by Daylight spinoff out the door. But Jesus Christ, man. 90, and that, you, know, you might be thinking, 90 employees. That's a small studio of 90 employees. Realistically, for the amount of, for the type of game that Supermassive is making and the consistency that they're delivering these games, 90 employees, a third of its staff, that is a huge cut. And what is honestly not that big of a studio to begin with. Um, Life is Strange, you may remember Life is Strange was originally developed by Don't Nod, eventually passed off to Deck Nine. Life is Strange sequel studio, Deck Nine, is laying off 20% of its staff. Uh, Deck Nine were known to make Life is Strange Before the Storm, Life is Strange True Colors, and the Telltale series The Expanse, uh, the Expanse uh, has laid off a fifth of its staff. Um, Here's their statement. If you can get... <laughs> oh, here's their here's their statement. I wonder what it's gonna sound like. Uh, uh they uh posted on Twitter confirming the cut, citing conditions of the game industry as the reason. Here's what they said: "Quote, like many others in the game industry right now, Deck Nine has been affected by the game industry's worsening market conditions. Today, we made the difficult decision to lay off twenty percent of our staff." These people are amazing, talented, and awesome developers. They have made a huge impact during their time at Deck 9 Games, and we did not take this decision lightly. Please hire these people if you can. They're amazing. They literally... <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Come on. Come on. Please hire... The yeah, that's such bullshit. That is... Man. Please hire these people. They're amazing sorry please hire these people if you can they're amazing who the fuck is gonna hire these people when you're doing the same thing everybody else is doing oh okay all right so let's let's toss this out here just for a moment just a moment so the people that made life is strange uh true colors and before the storm and the expanse those are people who have specialized in a lot of adventure games okay please hire these people if you can they're amazing oh i wonder if i can go get a job at supermassive games because I know how to make adventure games, and that's what Supermassive does. Oh, wait, Supermassive Games is letting go of a bunch of people? Fuck. And on top of that, like, again, The Expanse is a, is a big show, and Life is Strange has been around for a long time, but they're not, like, ad adventure games are not the big AAA, you know, thing that uh, is a big mover and shaker the way that it was in the in the 80s and the, and the 90s um it's just not the case right i'm i'm not seeing billboard ads for fucking laser shoot larry you know uh i'm just not i'm seeing ads for spider-man 2 i'm seeing ads for whatever call of duty modern warfare 3 i'm not seeing a lot of big ads for life is strange you know before the storm the expanse or, you know, whatever, right? So, unfortunately, it's a scenario where, like, it's the people who love adventure games love adventure games, and I got nothing wrong with adventure games. I am just saying that it is not the big genre the way that other games are. Action adventure games and RPGs, which have stolen, not nah, stolen is a strong word, which have taken a lot of ideas from adventure games. Let me put it to you this way. If the thing you like about, you know, life is strange is your ability to make choices and decisions and, 
and choose dialogue options and all of that stuff um, in a game and then see how the outcomes change. If that's what you like about them, well, why wouldn't you want to just put your money into something like Baldur's Gate 3, which on top of that has combat and character customization and skills and an open world and all of that stuff on top of talking to people and, oh, I got to fuck this bear or whatever you do in Baldur's Gate 3. And I'm not saying that like Deck 9 games are incapable of making a game like Baldur's Gate 3. I'm just saying that like we've seen it that a lot of inspiration has come from adventure games and choose your own adventure stories and all of that stuff into RPGs and even into action adventure games, right? Um, I think about the dialogue choices in something like Marvel's Gardens of the Galaxy. So I don't know what is going to be in store for folks at companies like Deck Nine Games and Supermassive that have focused so specially on, you know, a genre that a lot of people love, like adventure games, but a lot of people maybe don't play to the same degree as action games and action adventure games. Now, shortly before the official statement was made, narrative designer Elizabeth Balu confirmed that she had been laid off, adding that the affected staff were locked out of their work email before seemingly being allowed to access it again. Going back to the idea that, um, you know, uh, everyone's amazing and talented and awesome, and uh, they had no respect for them and locked them out of their emails. Quote, they just gave a big speech about giving us time to say goodbye, get materials we needed, etc., then immediately locked us out of our work emails. That's something that uh, uh, Elizabeth wrote um, in an official uh, statement. Uh, quote, we are all getting two weeks of severance, including people who have worked at the studio for seven plus years. She then added, quote, update. They unlocked work email. I think they got immediate pushback for doing the thing they gave the speech saying they would not do. Oh, fuck. Uh, yeah, why well, don't. I just I don't know. I like, listen, don't get me wrong. I like doing the podcast. I've been doing this podcast for 83 episodes. I don't see myself uh, ending anytime soon. I appreciate folks in chat hanging out too. But good God, man. Again, going back to the thing, if you don't have people to make the games, how do you sell the consoles? Right? If you don't have people making the games or the games are coming out at a, uh, a, at a glacial pace, right? At an unsustainable pace in the sense that it doesn't keep people's uh, interest. Because here's the thing we need to understand. And actually, the game industry understands this really well. They're just really poor at executing on it. You know, people have the people have some time on their hands, some free time on their hands and how they choose to spend that free time is constantly being attacked from all sides of it. You pick up an iPad, you pick up a phone and boom, you're bombarded with a zillion different ways to spend your time, your free time. So, you know, Call of Duty's biggest competitor isn't just Fortnite. It's also Netflix. It's also Disney Plus. It's also Amazon Prime. It's also Instagram. It's also free to play games on, you know, iPad or iPhone, which is why Call of Duty exists on iPhone and iPad. Um, 
And there are a lot of things that you can do on a PlayStation 5 besides play video games. Like sit around and watch a bunch of Netflix if you so desire. And I think the game industry recognizes that in terms of the ability to keep people constantly on the hook to play games that are live service games and things like that. But some people want to play their single player big AAA games. And if those aren't coming out, what are people going to do? Maybe they're going to sit around and watch, you know, hey, you know what? I'm not getting the sequel to Ghost of Tsushima that I wanted. So I'm going to instead watch Ronin on Disney Plus. It's not Ronin on Disney Plus. Shogun. Shogun on, uh, which by the way, I'm only referencing Shogun because I want to watch Shogun. It seems like a pretty good show. I want to get around to watching that. But the point is that like if people don't get what they want out of these games, the way they expected to get from these games and from these companies. At some point, they may just walk away. They may just walk away. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to take like seriously, like a like a 30 second break. And, you know, for those watching live. And when we come back, we're going to talk, uh, talk Epic Games, Grand Theft Auto 6, and more. Stick around. We'll be right back. All right, we're back. Uh, just enough time for me to drink a bunch of water, spill it on my shirt. Uh, so for those watching the, um, the video version or those watching the Twitch version, you can watch me kind of rub my, my chest, my nipple area where there's a water stain there. Um, or maybe I'm just lactating. Who knows? Point is, we're going to talk about video game news. That's what we do on, on this show. And um, God help us all. Change your password, folks. This one, this, this news story brought to you by, hey, you should change your passwords. A ransomware game claims to have hacked nearly 200 gigabytes of Epic Games internal data. So here's what we got. As reported by Cyber Daily. The gang, which goes by the name uh, Mogulvik, posted a message on its Darknet leak site, uh, giving more information on its claimed leak of the Fortnite and Epic Game Store company. Quote, we have quietly carried out an attack to Epic Games servers. The message reads, it also claims to have compromised email, passwords, full name, payment information, source code, and many other data amounting to a total size of about 189 gigabytes. Uh, data is also for sale. Uh, it says adding a link uh, for, quote, an employee of the company or someone who would like to buy the data. The gang has uh, given a deadline of March 4th for someone to buy the data, but has not given a specific figure, nor has it indicated what it will do with the data if the deadline passes. According to Cyber Daily, Mogulvik is a relatively new ransomware group uh, and Epic Games is its fourth target. The first was Nissan subsidiary Infinity USA, which it hacked last week. At the time of writing, the group has not released any actual proof that it has successfully hacked Epic Games. Um... People asking, isn't someone going to shut that down and look for them like the cops or something? I don't know how hacking works. I don't, I, I don't know how hacking works. Uh, that's a good question, though. For those concerned, Epic has put out a statement, and I don't know if this is Epic trying to like big dick these guys or something. I don't know, but uh, this is what uh, Epic said. Epic has provided Video Games Chronicles with a statement regarding the story. "Quote: We are investigating." but there is certainly zero evidence that these claims are legitimate. It says 
Mogovic has not contacted Epic or provided any proof of the veracity of these allegations. Quote, when we saw these allegations, which were screenshots of a dark web page in a tweet from a third party, we began investigating within minutes and reached out to Mogovic for proof. Mogovic has not responded. The closest thing we have seen to a response is a tweet where they are allegedly asking for a hundred us for $15,000 and quote proof of funds to hand over the purported data. I opened up this tweet and it's, um, uh, I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm getting this tweet from uh, dark web informer. Uh, and it's a tweet. I'm going to read this tweet. It says Epic Games to 2724 revenue, uh, uh, 5.8 billion gross revenue. And then their statement reads, we have quietly carried out an attack to Epic Games servers category, video game publisher and software developer data compromised, email, passwords, full name, payment information, source code, and many other data included size, 189 gigabytes data is also for sale deadline, uh, three, four, 24. Um, if you are an employee of the company or someone who would like to buy the data, click on me, but it's a, it's a picture. Uh, it, the, 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 it's, it's a picture that says, click me and you can't do anything. Cause it's a, so I don't know. I'm not, listen, I, I do not want to be fucking hacked. I'm not worth hacking. I sure hope I'm not worth hacking for the love of God. I'm just a sweet innocent baby boy. Don't hack me. Point is. I don't want to get hacked, so I'm not going to say nothing one way or the other. All I know is that Epic is not buying what they are selling. And I don't know if anyone else will, assuming that data is even legitimate. Let's move on to another story before we all have to change our passwords. I will say I did change my Epic Games password when I saw this news. I was like, fuck, I hope they don't steal my John Cena Fortnite skin. Fuck, if that if I lose my John Cena Fortnite skin, I have nothing to live for anymore. That's it. I'm done. I'm cooked. I'm cooked. So I changed my, I changed my Epic game store password and I hope all is well. We got more news, man. We got, we got so much news. It ain't, it ain't even funny. Okay. It ain't even funny. Grand Theft Auto six developers at rockstar have been asked to return to the office full time for productivity and security reasons. Rockstar wants to end hybrid working in April. According to Bloomberg, Rockstar head of publishing Jen Colby told staff the company plans to end hybrid working for productivity and security reasons, saying it believes, quote, there are tangible benefits from in-person work. Now, in September 2022, hackers published an hour of Grand Theft Auto 6 development footage online, giving players their first look at the sequel to one of the best selling games of all time. And last December, Rockstar chose to release the first Grand Theft Auto 6 trailer earlier than planned after it was leaked online. Quote, making these changes now puts us in the best position to deliver the next Grand Theft Auto at the level of quality and, po and polish we know it requires, along with the publishing roadmap that matches the scale and ambition of the game, Colby told staff in an email. Um... So you might be thinking, well, when the fuck is that Grand Theft Auto going to come out? 
How many more times do I have to listen to that damn uh, um, uh, Tom Petty song? Almost forgot the name for a moment. How many times do I have to listen to that Tom Petty song, which is a great song, by the way, uh, before Grand Theft Auto 6 comes out? So when I hear that they want to kind of end, to me, ending hybrid working also means crunch, right? That's what I suspect that means is like, okay, let's get this fucking game out and let's polish it up to the best of our ability. Which means if they polish the game now from April until the end of the year, I think there's a very good chance that uh, Grand Theft Auto 6 comes out in early um, 2025. That's what I, when I hear this, this is a timeline in my head of like, okay, everyone's back in the office by April um, and we're going to crunch and we're going to polish the game. And I, I suspect that Grand Theft Auto 6 probably comes out in early 2025. That's just my, that's what I think. Um, that's what I think. Uh, people in chat saying, if my Epic Games account gets hacked, uh, my family can deal with it, which is very funny. <laughs> sure, make it somebody else's problem. Anyways, I'm not saying, oh, Nitwood confirmed Grand Theft Auto 6 early 2025. I just think that, like, it'll probably take them a, a little under a year to polish that game assuming it is content complete for launch um, for an early 2025 release. Now, it wouldn't be an episode of the Glitch Report podcast without talking about our favorite video game company. We'll say it all together like it's a Blue's Clues episode, all right? We'll say it all, all at the same time. One, two, three. Embracer Group. Now, Embracer Group is reportedly selling Saber Interactive for $500 million including its Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic remake. A group of private investors is said to be buying the studio, turning Saber Interactive into a privately owned company with around 3,500 employees in total across its studio. Saber is, uh, is gonna, it has a variety of, 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 uh, of studios, including in U.S., Russia, and Portugal. And Saber is also reportedly continuing to work on um, the Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic uh, remake following the deal. The Knights of the Old Republic remake was originally billed as a collaboration between Saber Studio, Aspire Media, and production partners at Lucasfilm Games and Sony Interactive Entertainment and was, and was announced as a timed PS5 console exclusive during the PlayStation Showcase event in September of 2021. Since then, the remake has... Uh, has seen the bestest what no sorry since then the remake has been bested by problems but a report in november suggested it, that it was still in development embracer has been carrying out a widespread money saving operation announcing in june of 2023 that it was implementing a restructuring plan which would involve the closure of studios and the cancellation of projects it canceled 29 unannounced games uh, rumors kind of swirling around that uh, after um, Embracer sells Saber, the next company they're going to be looking to sell is Gearbox. I don't know. I don't know where they're at in that sale. Um, it seems like that Saber sale is pretty close to being done, if not already done, just not announced. But um, that's where we're kind of at with that. We got some more news. I really wanted to talk about this news story. I think I'm going to save it for next week. Assuming that all hell doesn't break loose next week, I'm going to, there's a new story 
I'm going to talk about it next week. That's my little tease. Will Goku be able to defeat Vegeta? Uh, Vegeta? Tune in next week for another episode of Dragon Ball Z. Um, let's move on. Let's talk about Remedy. Remedy has acquired full rights to the Control franchise from 505 Games. Now, Remedy owns the rights to Control. They also own the rights to Alan Wake. I think the only thing that they don't own the rights to is Max Payne. Um, in a transaction that could be worth up to uh, $18.4 million, all rights to Control, Control 2, Multiplayer, Spinoff, Codename, Condor, and all future series entries will revert to the Finnish game developer. Remedy partnered with 505 Games in 2017 to publish the original Control, which was released two years later. The game has sold over 4 million copies and, quote, generated shareable net revenue of approximately $108.4 million for the companies, according to Remedy CEO uh, Taro uh, Vertala. Quote, as part of Remedy's long-term strategy to have more ownership over our business and the IPs we've created, we have gotten back all the rights for Control and in development Condor and Control 2. Quote, having complete ownership over the Control franchise gives us the freedom to decide the best path forward. We will consider our options carefully, knowing that Control is considered an attractive franchise by many partners. Condor and Control 2 have both progressed well in recent months, and we expect these projects to reach their next development stages during the first half of 2024. We kind of talked about that a, a few weeks back. Uh, quote, the development of Condor and Control 2 will continue normally when we consider the best publishing, distributing, uh, distribution, and financing model for these projects. Remedy recently confirmed plans to grow and expand the Alan Wake franchise following a successful launch for the second mainline entry in the series. After struggling for over a decade to make a sequel to 2010's original Alan Wake, Alan Wake 2 was originally, uh, was oh, sorry, uh, Alan Wake 2 was finally released last October to widespread critical acclaim. You may remember that this very podcast gave Alan Wake 2 Game of the Year. Uh, in addition to winning multiple high-profile awards, Remedy said this month that Alan Wake 2 has sold 1.3 million copies making it the studio's fastest selling game to date. Remedy's out there cooking, man. I hope, God, I hope the current state of the video game industry uh, doesn't get to the, get to Remedy in terms of finding distribution and sales opportunities for their games. But God, give me more Remedy games, damn it. Hold up, let them cook. And also, I want that Max Payne uh, remake whenever they get around to that. Let's talk Nintendo. We don't always talk about Nintendo because they're just out there kind of doing their thing quietly. But um, Nintendo has some shit on their on their uh, on their mind. Uh, specifically, Pokemon. Pokemon Legends ZA is officially coming to Nintendo Switch in 2025. This is where things get a little interesting. This is where the um, how would I put it? This is where the Nintendo fan base starts to lose their goddamn minds. Maybe rightfully so. I don't know. I'm not here to judge one way or the other. But um, people are out there tripping a little bit. But I think they might be onto something. Announced during uh, the Pokemon Presents on Tuesday, the game will take place in the Kalos region, the setting of Pokemon X and Y. 
the game will be released in 2025. Mega, Mega Evolutions were teased at the end of the brief trailer suggesting the mechanic, which has been missing from the series for over a decade, will finally return. This is, um, this is what I really wanted to get at. At the end of the trailer, I'm going to load up this trailer here. At the end of the trailer, I believe it's at the end. The trailer says, let's see if I can pull this out here. Uh, does it say, I'm just skimming through the trailer here. No, it doesn't. It says, the end of the trailer says, Pokemon Legends ZA releasing simultaneously worldwide in 2025. No, it does have a Nintendo Switch logo. Based on the rumors and speculation that Pokemon, uh, sorry, that uh, Nintendo Switch 2 has been delayed to 2025, people are starting to think that Pokemon ZA could launch in time with the Switch 2. And I'd buy it. I'd believe it. I have no, I have no way of proving it. I have literally no way of proving whatsoever that um, Pokemon ZA is going to come out. I'm oh, sorry, Pokemon Legends ZA is uh, going to be coming out in time for the Switch 2. I just think it would make the most sense. You need, you need something for the Switch 2. And if Pokemon Legends A gets that series back on track, and is a is a genuinely good game and is a switch to launch title. I think it makes perfect sense. Will it come out on both switch Two and switch one? It's really hard to say, but I think hearing Nintendo switch games coming to uh, coming out in 2025 and the rumor that that switch Two has been delayed to 2025. I think it takes two to tango and I think these two are definitely related and probably coming out around that time. Switch 2 is now targeting a March 2025 release um, and has been delayed to avoid shortages, um, but also uh, delayed to make sure that there are actual games to come out uh, in time for the console. Again, going back, if the theme of this week's show is game sell consoles, but you need consoles to put the games on the consoles, uh, this, this makes sense. Switch 2, now reportedly targeting 2025 March. And then finally, and I'm not trying to kick this game while it's down. I have nothing. I have, I, I would have, man, I'll tell you right now. I would have loved to have loved this game. I would have loved to have loved it. And I know that's like, like such a hollow statement to make, but um, Warner says that Suicide Squad killed the Justice League has fallen short of its expectations. It also fell short of my expectations when I played it during the beta, but I'm not here to uh, criticize the game any more than I already have. Uh, following a number of delays, the game was released on February 2nd for PS5, Xbox Series X and S and PC. Uh, Chief Financial Officer Gunnar uh, Wiedenfels, I'm just going to butcher that name, but that's okay. Provided a brief update on the game's early performance during Warner Brothers Discovery's fourth quarter earnings call on Friday. Quote, we are lapping the release of Hogwarts Legacy in February last year, which saw the largest portion of its very positive financial impact in the first quarter. 
This year, Suicide Squad, one of our key video game releases in 2024, has fallen short of our expectations since its release earlier in the quarter, setting our game's business up for a tough year-over-year -year comp in Q1. So basically saying, hey, we put out Hogwarts Legacy last year, and it fucking killed, it just sold like hotcakes, people can't get enough of that uh, Hogwarts Legacy. We then put out our next big game uh, shortly around the year of release, the sorry, the one year anniversary of Hogwarts Legacy, that game being Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League, and it is not going to do anywhere close to what Hogwarts Legacy did. Um, Rocks, uh, Rocksteady did confirm that the Suicide Squad's free seasonal content will be themed around different DC characters. Starting in March, you are getting the Joker. In you can play as the Joker in. Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League, assuming you are even playing that game. Whew. Oh my goodness. I'll drink to that. I'm going to drink to that. Mm. Uh, people in chat asking for a mental health check for your boy Nitwit. I would say that, like, I do find it, like, honestly quite stressful to record this podcast and and deliver such such bad news um i'm not a fan of 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 coming here and talking about um you know layoffs after layoffs after layoffs after delays after cancellations like all that shit like like it's one thing to say like oh let's do a story about you know suicide squad maybe not selling great or you know let's do a story about um you know the Grand Theft Auto six developers having to go in full time to, to work or whatever, or whatever, even the ransomware, you know, Epic game story, but to sit there and be like, yeah, it's two months in and we are going to see far more game industry layoffs than we saw in 2022 and 2023. It sucks. It's not, it's not fun. It is the life I've chosen to live producing this podcast, but I'm not stoked about it. Like, you know, I'm not, I'm just not. Hey, let's just quickly check Video Games Chronicle site. Did anyone else get canned? Um, nope. But uh, let's see here, real, real quick. Um, Borderlands Studio uh, Gearbox is reportedly closer than ever to being sold by Embracer Group. So I'm sure by this time next week, we will have uh, news about Gearbox being sold. And then just real quick, uh, Skylanders and Crash Bandicoot uh, Studio. Toys for Bob is leaving Activision and going independent, um, looking to explore a possible partnership with Microsoft in the future. Let's talk games. Let's talk games. Let's talk games that I've been playing and we'll wrap this podcast up. So I have continued to pick at here and there. Uh, Helldivers 2. I will admit that I was sick last week. Uh, I started getting sick probably just around the time of the podcast, maybe Friday. Uh, I was pretty loopy on on the Friday stream when we played Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Um, I'm better now. I'm I'm Gucci and and all of that stuff. Ah, maybe a little stuffy, but nothing too too crazy. Um, but in that time, I had some days off from work and stuff like that, and I kind of sat around and just played a bunch of games with my days off from work, my sick days from work. Uh, played some Hell Divers two. I'm continuing to kind of pick at Hell Divers two. Um. Going back to what I've said about Helldivers 2, I do find it to be uh, somewhat of a difficult game um, just in terms of 
the stress of dealing with the bugs and the robots and the different objectives and the chaos and the oh my god my teammate just dropped a nuke on me and by accident and all that stuff or i just shot my teammate all stuff um that being said the more you play that game the more abilities and perks and bonuses you unlock to make the game easier i did just unlock a robot drone called the guard dog um and this guard dog uh comes out of my character's backpack and shoots lasers really effective against the bugs um i haven't tried it against the robots but my understanding is that lasers are more effective against robots than ballistic weapons which is why every time I tried to do a mission where I fought the robots, I would shoot them with my gun and the bullets would just ricochet off the robots because I wasn't using laser weapons, which means next time I fight the robots, um, I might have better luck. But what I'm saying is like I have had the more I played Helldivers 2, the better I get, the more luck I have succeeding in difficult missions and, and getting through uh, easier and things like that. Um, I'm just not always playing it because I'm not always in the mood for that type of uh, potentially stressful cooperative scenario. Uh, but I have been enjoying it nonetheless. have not played PAL World I, uh, in, a, in a while now. I've not gotten back to PAL World. Maybe I will in the next couple of weeks. Maybe I'll wait until they have a more significant um, uh, update for that game. But um, I've kind of dropped PAL World for the time being. I really enjoyed my time with PAL World. I'd be willing to go back. I just haven't gotten around to PAL World as of recent. Mostly been playing Helldivers 2. And also mostly been playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla. We we streamed it uh, yesterday and I like Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I really, really like Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I've put like 72, uh, how much time have I put into it? Let's, let's do some math here. Let's do some math here. Let's load up the old Ubisoft Connect app thing, whatever they want to call it. Go to library. No, go to profile. Go to profile. I've put about 75 hours into Assassin's Creed Valhalla and I'm about 62% of the way done that game. And my only real problem with that game is that that story is pretty, pretty scattered. It's pretty, uh, it, it's, it feels because you're going into these different kingdoms and these different, you know, uh, you know, areas of the world and kind of solving problems unique to that geographical region, the story feels really small. It's really hard for me to wrap my head around like, oh, I went to this kingdom and I assassinated this guy and helped this guy rise to power and now he's king and all this shit. And then I forget about that like 30 hours later and then I'm doing some other thing where it's like, oh, this guy is trying to be king, but, you know, uh, the uh, he needs a queen and... Uh, the, the, the queen, the potential queen's family doesn't are a bunch of Vikings and they don't seem very interested in, in her, the queen, the, the potential queen marrying this king and all this stuff. And it's like, it's a lot to wrap your head around, but also a lot of it doesn't seem like it makes a difference in the grand scheme of things. But the main objective in the story is to, um, you know, help all of these people as a Viking, um, uh, build up your trust and your, you know, friendship and allyship with them. And I'm assuming that if you do get, you know, everyone involved onto your side, that they will fit into your larger army later on in the story. But I just don't know where that is going. I, I, my, I'm raising an army. I'm raising an army with a variety of my allies from different kingdoms and fiefdoms and all that stuff across England. But I just don't know 
what that is leading up to. And it's like every time I start a new, you know, kind of uh, act of a, of a kingdom, it's like, okay, what am I doing? Who are these people? Do I even care? Or are they ultimately going to be just a number for when I have to go do some big battle somewhere else down the road? So I enjoy Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I will say um, I want to finish that game and I would like to finish that game in about a month's time because once that is done, I would like to move on to Horizon Forbidden West. I would also like to make Horizon Forbidden West my main streaming game going forward after Assassin's Creed Valhalla is done. Um, if I beat Assassin's Creed Valhalla early, then before um, Horizon Forbidden West comes out, fantastic. We'll fuck around with some other games in the meantime. Um, I have been mostly sticking to playing the story stuff in Assassin's Creed Valhalla during the stream. So we try to get all the story stuff in the stream. And then if I play it on my off time, I'm, you know, fucking around doing side quests or I'm uh, doing, um, you know, collect finding collectibles and all of that stuff. So if you've been watching the streams, I've been focusing on the, the story stuff where I can for those interested. Um, I also got into playing a bunch of PS2 games while I was sick at home, um, playing a bunch of PS2 games, played a couple of PS1 games. I got. I've been emulating, so I've been emulating a, a bunch of PS2 games on my on my PC, emulating a bunch of PS2 games on my PC, going through my old games and emulating them on PC. Um, played a bunch of the Army Men games for both PS1 and PS2. Played a bunch of the Army Men games on PS1 and PS2, and um, well, those games are terrible. Like. I must have been a real sick son of a bitch to think that playing a bunch of the army men games while I was cooped up at home was a good use of my time because God, they're awful. Good God for a franchise that had game after game, 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 after game. on PS one and on PS two. 99% of those games are trash. And I don't know why I liked them as a kid. I think it was novel. The idea of playing a shooter where you played as a green army guy was a novel idea. But the only one of those games that is any good is air attack. The oh, fuck Sarge's heroes. Fuck uh, the, the final assault. Fuck uh, rogue green. All that shit is just trash. It's so bad. And, you know, I also got into this idea of like, oh, well, you know, some of these games came out on both PS2 and PS1. Like, I do think it's like, you know, as much as we people complain about like, oh, I can't believe they put Horizon Forbidden West on, you know, PS5 and PS4. I do think it's kind of cool to see like what these games are like cross, you know, cross generation, right? Like, what does the PS1 version of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 look like? In comparison to the PS2 version of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, you know, three, which more people probably played or did they? I don't know. But the point is. The Army Men games are some of the lowest of the lows anyways, and it was really funny to play the PS1 version of like a, of like Sarge's Heroes 2 and be like, well, this game is garbage. And then fire up the PS2 version of the exact same game and be like. This looks slightly better. Sl just a smidge better and it is just as awful it's just as awful 
So um, at some point I started to drive myself mad playing the army men games uh, while I was cooped up like during the weekend and stuff like that. But I made it through. I'm fine now. I can't complain. Maybe a little stuffy, but nothing too, too crazy in that regard. I'm probably going to continue to play a bunch of PS2 games uh, that I've been emulating, playing a lot of NBA Street Volume 2 for the PS2. That is one of my favorite games of all time and also playing some Tony Hawk. Play some Tony Hawk 4, a game that I did not play as much as 3 or as much as Underground. Um, but uh, nonetheless, playing through a bunch of that. I got a bunch of PS2 games that I've just been playing. It's just been me fucking around with a bunch of old games uh, because I'm an old man and that's all there is to it. But um, my plan right now is to continue to play through Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Again, focusing on playing it uh, on Steam. Going to pick up and, and pick at some more Helldivers 2 when I can as well. And um, I played a little bit of Halls of Torment, uh, you know, just kind of grinding through that game as well. And I think that is going to do it for the stream today. Um, if we take a look at what is coming out uh, for Game Informer, we're going to go to Game Informer. 2024 that they have a really good list of, of games coming out end of the month what can we expect um pacific drive is is out now that star wars dark forces remaster just came out uh final fantasy 7 rebirth is out today for uh those playing it on ps5 and then um you know next month we got we got a decent amount of games coming out in the next you know kind of mo uh, month or so uh, Outlast Trials is coming out uh, finally March 5th as Dusk Falls coming out on PS5 and PS4. Um, Aka R coming to PS5 and PlayStation VR 2. Uh, Unicorn Overlord uh, coming to uh, PS5, PS4, Xbox, Switch uh, March 8th. WWE 2K24 that's also out March 8th. Um, but uh, for me, the big thing is Horizon Forbidden West coming to PC. That is going to be out March 21st. Oh, but uh, just before that, for those interested, uh, Alone in the Dark, reminder, Alone in the Dark out March 20th. Something to look forward to. South Park Snow Day is out March 26th. Um, Rise of the Ronin, March 22nd. Princess Peach Showtime, uh, March 22nd. Dragon's Dogma, March 22nd. Hi-Fi Rush, March 19th. Uh, Star Wars Battlefront uh, Classic Collection, which I'm actually really looking forward to. That's out March 14th. I'm sure we'll have more to say about those games uh, in the next couple of weeks. I have been Nitwit. You can find everything that I do over at my Linktree, linktree.com slash Nitwit. G-N-I-T-T-W-I-T-T. Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, Instagram, Threads, Blue Sky, you name it. I'm there. Please check out Glitch Report wherever you get your podcasts on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on YouTube, live on Twitch, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, 10 a.m. Uh, I almost said specific Pacific Standard Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Check your local listings uh, wherever you do time math, wherever you are located. That's going to do it for the podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. Hopefully we get some better gaming news next week, but you never know with this crazy industry. Remember, it's not a crash. It is being decimated and there's a fine line. There's a difference. We'll talk to you all next week. Take it easy.